part of the Boundless Audio Podcast Network. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Artist Pivot Podcast. I am your host, Ayana Major Bay, and I happen to be an actor, voiceover artist, mentor, and world traveler. This is a bi-weekly show featuring conversations about pivots and life lessons from the perspective of artists, those who work in and around the arts, and arts educators. Everyone possesses the ability to pivot. You just have to be reminded sometimes, and that is what I am here to do. To stay up to date and in the know about merchandise, exclusive content, and how to support the show, please subscribe to the newsletter at ayanabay.com slash podcast. That's A-Y-A-N-A-B-E-Y dot com slash podcast. And there is a link in the show notes. We'll get to this week's episode after a word from our sponsors. I have found that therapy is a tool to use to improve your life in one of the healthiest ways. For those who are working on their mental health and well-being, on a journey of facing your fears, or trying therapy for the first time, our show sponsor BetterHelp is here to help you. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. Join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Artist Pivot. That's BetterHelp.com slash Artist Pivot. All right, y'all. So today on the podcast, I am so excited to say that joining me is Miss Susan Hensel, who happens to be a textile sculptor, and she is known for her artist books and her innovative fiber sculpture. Hensel's work is known and collected nationwide, represented in collections as disparate as the Museum of Modern Art in New York and Duke University Special Collections. Y'all, welcome Susan to the show. Hello there. Hello there. How are you today? You know what? I'm doing pretty darn good today. How are you? You know, I'm doing okay. The weather's kind of nice. That mm -hmm. always helps when there's a little bit of sunshine. Doesn't it, though? The sun really does help. Yes. It really does. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Thank you for joining me, Susan. And I'm going to start with my favorite question. Okay. And that is, if I were to text you right now and say, Susan, how are you? How you doing? How you feeling? But... You could only respond in emojis only. Oh my heavens. What would you text me? Ah, um, knowing me, I would text the AOK okay. figures. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it almost no matter what. Because, yeah. you know, I am tired today, but so what? <laughs> right. You're like, but I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay. Life moves mm -hmm. on. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Well, thank you for that imaginary text. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. I'd be like, all right, Susan's doing okay today. Glad you're doing well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right, y'all. So I had the pleasure of meeting Susan through email and we've been discussing back and forth. And I'm so excited for this conversation because from the information that I gathered, y'all, she's the queen of pivots, like the queen of pivots. And not afraid to try and try and try again. See what works. Oh, that doesn't work. Great. I can try something else. But that is hard. Like I'm take, I'm speaking from my own experience. We, I stop myself sometimes to be like, oh, I want to try it, but mm, I, I'll stick with what I know, you know? And so Susan, I'm just, I'm excited to hear your story and your pivots and how you pivot and how it made you feel sometimes and how sometimes you cried, sometimes you laughed, sometimes you enjoyed it. <laughs> So I guess my first question to you would be, did you always know you wanted to be an artist? Was this something that you grew up with as a child or was it something that you discovered as you got older? As a child, I didn't think of it as being an artist or becoming an artist, but okay. there is absolutely no question that it was that. Mm -hmm. It was that. I loved all the academic subjects too, except for maybe math. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, but, you know, I love science. I love literature. Um, wasn't as wild about the way they taught history. But bottom line was, in the end, when it came to be time to apply for college, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that first week at college, 
to be able to do art all day. And it's yeah. what I was supposed to be doing. Yeah. It was so exciting. Yes. I could, I could barely stand it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. So great. So you were following your passion, which is like, that is something that I advocate for everybody, whether you're an artist or not, but like follow your passion that lights you up. Like you got up in the morning was like, I get to do art all day. Like, oh gosh, yeah, it was wonderful. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. I love it. So what did you major in uh, when you got to yeah, I had two majors and a very strong minor that was almost a major. Um, I had a major in painting and a major in sculpture. And then I had maybe one class short of a major in ceramics. Okay. And same okay. thing with art history, but art history kind of comes along with the, the, the thing. Yeah. But fundamentally, um, I think as a sculptor and I act as a sculptor because I am motivated by materials and tools. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And I'm not okay. motivated by just paint. I like paint. I like mm -hmm. canvas. I, you know, mm -hmm. it, it right. just, how can I get the idea out? What's the best way? Mm -hmm. Yes. What's the best medium for you to use to get your idea out? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Understood. So now take me a little bit through the journey of how you got to where you are right now, because I, I have a hunch that coming out of school, you weren't necessarily a textile sculptor. No, I wasn't. So, <laughs> yes. Take me through some of your, your journey, in essence, of pivoting yeah. and, like, and surviving. Because this is also yeah. what this is about. It's like, you can pivot and you will survive the pivot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah. life does not present itself in any way like you think it's gonna. Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it, that's kind of a, a bottom line truth. Yeah. I think for all of us, even though if I were still in my 20s, I thought I was still in control. But, I, you know, I figured that out pretty soon. Mm -hmm. um, you do your best not to throw yourself to the wolves. Yeah. There's, there are things you can control, but there's all kinds of random things that happen. Mm -hmm. And I graduated from college um, in the middle of the Vietnam War. So it was okay. just a tumultuous time, very much like now. Mm -hmm. where there's so much information coming at you and despair. Yeah. You, it just, the world was just so out of joint. Mm -hmm. And what made sense to me at the time was to take the ceramics mm -hmm. and make functional work that would help change people's focus in their daily life. Mm -hmm. You know, the bottom line was getting people to slow down and go, oh, let's have a meal together oh, don't those sweet potatoes look awful nice on that plate? You know, that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. And, and it was a subterfuge to help change people into more peaceful individuals. Mm -hmm. And so I did street festivals with that for many years, working in porcelain. Mm -hmm. But as things happen with me, always, um, the work changes over time, and it became more and more sculptural. Mm -hmm. And the sculptural work really didn't belong in street festivals. Mm, okay. And so I had to begin looking around for other ways to show it or to work. Mm -hmm. But the bottom line for me has always been my time in the studio. What am I doing in the studio? Yeah. And around that time when I was beginning to try to figure out how to transfer out of street festivals, mm -hmm. I started working with handmade paper. And it was okay. a period of um, of great stress. I was in infertility treatment. Mm -hmm. And if anybody out there has gone through it, you know this is among the worst things you can go through emotionally. And, and so I was dealing with that. And as I worked with handmade paper, I started drawing my experiences. And then somebody taught me how to bind a book. Yes. And at that point, I felt my whole world shift in the studio mm -hmm. and it was like oh I can be part of the long history of people who print and make books and communicate through mm -hmm. text but I'm mm -hmm. not just a writer that I have no interest in writing essays and um, novels and things but I do write well and so combining that writing with visuals made mm -hmm. sense to me okay. and I always wrote 
in an open-ended way so that the story would be owned by whoever read it because you have to fill in your own ideas, which we do when we read novels. You know, the yeah. ones that resonate with us are the ones that we can see ourselves in somehow. Mm -hmm. So that's how the transition into book arts happened. And those are artist books and everything about the book contributes to its meaning. Mm -hmm. And that took over for probably a good 20 years. Oh, wow. And that's, yeah. And that's what's in collections all over the country. Okay. That's what's in collections at the Museum of Modern Art, at Duke University, at the Getty Center in, mm -hmm. you know, on the West Coast. And um, throughout all of that, you know, other things happen. I actually had a kid. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. And then my husband got killed in an auto accident like two oh, no. years later. Yeah. Talk about a pivot. Mm -hmm. Holy Toledo. I mean, I had the ordinary parental pivot of yeah. being totally discombobulated, um, but still somehow making things happen mm -hmm. a little mm -hmm. bit. Mm -hmm. And and then my husband died. And that was just overwhelming, of course, as you mm -hmm. are forced to redefine yourself and it affects you as an artist. Mm -hmm. And so I got through that with the help of many friends, um, with the help of, believe it or not, a college program, which was Widowhood 101. Wait, what? College. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I, I got really good grades in Widowhood, Widowhood 101. 101. Wow. Wow. <laughs> of all the things, but it really was marvelous because mm -hmm. it was run by a well-trained individual um, who was also a widow and she had run support groups and had developed oh, a program and it was okay. all very practical. Yeah. But she got me making art again okay. because we had to do a final project. Yeah. And she looked at me and she said, what are you going to do for your final project? Mm -hmm. And she kind of waddled her finger at me and, yeah. <laughs> and her name was also Susan. I said, Susan, I have no idea. She says, you're an artist. Mm. You are going to make art. Mm -hmm. And it just flew out of me in ways that I had never expected. Yeah. And I got a show out of it, to be sure, that went around the country in various places. Mm -hmm. And they were my widowhood drawings. It was about that visceral process yeah. of rewiring, of having the wiring of attachment, you know, broken, mm -hmm. and then rewiring to the newness. Mm -hmm. And it was fabulous because it got me back in the studio. Yeah. And then from there, it went into other kinds of book arts things. You know, the book arts came shortly after that. Mm -hmm. About 10 years later, I had to have really, really serious back surgery that had uh, about a year recovery. Okay. And that's as a single parent with mm -hmm. a 10-year-old going, oi, oi, oi. Mm -hmm. And, but because I'm an artist, I had to figure out how to persevere in this. Mm -hmm. I could not make paper, put too much lifting. I, I could probably bind a book, but if you don't have the paper, how are you going to bind the book? Mm -hmm. so, right. and, uh, and obviously there was a tremendous recovery. I had to learn to walk again. I yeah. had probably nine months of physical therapy, you know, something like that. But I am a creative person. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote and I wrote uh, okay. and I wrote and I wrote more. And a lot of this poured into the artist books in various ways. Okay. So that, it was really interesting because that became the focus and research, of course, to, to mm -hmm. go with this stuff. Did a mm -hmm. lot of reading in that time. So that was a pivot. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh, yes. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Yes. And I worked with that for a very, very long time, as I said. And... I had always thought I would remain in East Lansing, Michigan, which is where I raised my kid because mm -hmm. you don't want to just move them willy nilly, mm -hmm. you know, after a, a surprise death. And I thought, yeah, I'll just raise him here. And, you know, I could fly out to New York and get yeah. fulfilled. Right. I, yeah. I can do these things. And then I had a show in New York with the uh -huh. artist books and sculptures that were related to artist books um, and I came home after spending 10 days in New York. I hadn't been in like 35 years or something. 
Yeah. It had been a really long time. Because mm-hmm. I grew up in Upper New York State, but you don't really get to the city much. Uh-huh. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I came home and I spent like the next week crying on and off. And I'm not a crier. Mm-hmm. I, it's just not in my M.O. Yeah. To, yeah. Um, and and I kind of looked around and went, yeah, I'm perimenopausal, but no, that's that's not it. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it just came over me, and I needed to move. Holy ah. Toledo! And I had two business partners at that time. We were running a gallery, yeah, and that that had introduced the Mid Michigan area to artist books, installation art, and performance art because mm-hmm. they hadn't been done in that area before. Yeah, and we actually got national coverage for it. Mm-hmm. That just blew me out of the water. And I first I went to Leslie. I said, oh, Leslie, I think I have to move. She said, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you do. Oh. And yes. then I went to Nancy. I said, oh, Nancy, I think I have to move. She said, yeah. oh, absolutely, you do. So they already oh, knew. They knew. And so then I called my son's therapist. And I said, my turn. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, oh, Roberta, I think I have to move. And she said, you absolutely do for the salvation of your very soul, essentially. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and she, she gave me some language and some ways to think about it that weren't as absolute as yeah. it feels when you get overwhelmed with yes. something like that. That yeah. I could rent out my house and go try out areas, you know, all that. Exactly. Which I didn't do, but mm-hmm. I had been collecting information mm-hmm. for years about where could I end up? Yeah. Yeah. Where could I end up, end up once my son went to college? Right. I have a quick question for you, though. Yeah. What was it about New York that stirred that in you? Because clearly the people that you surround yourself with, your closest colleagues and friends already knew you had to move, but yeah. you didn't know. So I like, know. if you were, if you can recall, what was it that when you went to New York and you came home, you were like, <gasps> like it like overcame you that you were like, wait a minute, I gotta go. Yeah. Well, what it was, was that, you know, the culture of all sorts is mm-hmm. absolutely fundamental. In New York, mm-hmm. in New York. Mm-hmm. yeah, the great museums, the opera, the yeah, the dance. Oh my gosh, the dance, yeah. and to have that everywhere. Ah, I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to have it available, mm-hmm. and also to even if you were talking to somebody, you said, "Oh yeah, I never go to that," but golly, yeah, New York's got all that stuff. You yeah. know, people expect it, and yes. I was living in a part of the country that was all about automobiles. Ah, uh, okay. I mean, everything you need to have a vibrant art scene was there, but the will and the ability to see it as fundamental wasn't. Mm-hmm. And there are fantastic artists in Michigan. There still are. And there's exciting stuff going on in Detroit. Still is. Yeah. But I would have conversations with other parents who would say, oh, I would never let my child major in art. You know, you're at an ice cream social or something. They know I'm an artist and they say oh these things to me. <laughs> so we had an ice cream social yeah. and you're know, eating with those little wooden spoons, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And mm-hmm. I go, well, who do you think designed this little spoon? Ooh, right. Yeah. And then I would say, so you like the movies? Yeah, I love the movies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Golly, there are a lot of artists who work in the movies. You know, they're the storyboards, they're the costumers. It's not just about the actors and the directors. They're the photographers and the videographers and the editors. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, what kind of car do you have? Oh, and they would tell me, and maybe I'd know what it was. Yeah. And I go, yeah, who do you think designed the body? Oh. Because I went to school with some of those people. Because mm-hmm. that was part of the University of Michigan programming. They also had a section in the art school that was getting artists ready for uh-huh. industry, to design for industry. And oh. so I got to see the clay cars Yes, that are made. I mean, they're gorgeous. Mm-hmm. There aren't very many people who get to work in that, obviously. Yeah. yeah. But they're artists. Right. And they would kind of go, oh. Right. Oh. Uh-huh. 
Like, oh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And, and it just wasn't valued there. And I needed to live somewhere where mm-hmm. the arts were valued. Right. Understood. And, and I landed on Minneapolis because it's kind of like a mini New York City. Mm-hmm. It's got major museums. It's got hundreds of galleries. It's got opera. Mm-hmm. It's got dance. In fact, we have one of the highest rated operas in the, in the country. Yeah. Of all things. Who knew? <laughs> because when I was looking at places, I would say, if they even had opera, you know, that was kind of my thought was, if they even. Because <laughs> I love opera in, in yeah. the way, not as a super fan, but as an experience, because mm-hmm. it washes over you. You know, it's yes. it's sound, it's sight, it's the audience. It's, yeah. it's, it's kind of the whole package. It even is. if I don't know what's going on, I don't care. <laughs> same, same. I used to watch the opera all the time when I lived in Scotland because I got yep. tickets for $10. Me and my friend would go because it was across the street from our school. Oh, yeah, the opera is an experience. It's a it whole is. experience. You don't, you don't even have to know what's going on. <laughs> it is. I mean, that bodies can make that sound. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, my word. Yeah. And when you get these magnificent voices that also can act. Yeah. Ah! Right? <laughs> they can't all act, but no, they no. can't. No. But when you get the two together, you're like, ah, score. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then you think about it, you know, these were the soap operas for, for the masses. Mm-hmm. These mm-hmm. were the soap operas for the masses. And it's yeah. just, it's hysterical to me. I love it. <laughs> yeah. 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 No. yeah. And so yeah. I wound up here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh. when I came here, this is an, also a major book art center. Okay, and I, and I opened a gallery here because that was mm-hmm. part of my plan. I wasn't yeah. done working in galleries, and I also knew it helped get me established in the community and meet okay. people because I think I knew two people in town. I didn't yeah. know a lot of people here, and and indeed it did all of that. But surprising to me, uh, words left the building, and mm-hmm. I was working in almost entirely in installation art between the shows. Oh and wow! That okay, started back in in East Lansing because it was another way to communicate and to mm-hmm. communicate in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my attractions to the artist book was the performative nature. Any mm-hmm. book you read, you as a reader have to perform. You have to open it. You have to engage. You mm-hmm. have to make that commitment. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to take that engagement and commitment farther into a into something that was even more experiential. Okay. And so I started adding light and sound and scent and movement, mm-hmm. which was fabulous. Yeah. And what it meant was that, you know, there were words sometimes in the music that I would record mm-hmm. or the sound I would record, but in a whole different way. Yeah. And so that was surprising. Yeah. And then we come to fiber. Oh, okay. I want to hear this. Right. How did you get there? <laughs> well, just before I moved, mm-hmm. I had the carpal tunnel fixed in one of my hands, which mm-hmm. meant I could knit again. Ah, okay. And as part of getting to know people, I joined mm-hmm. a little knitting group, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. These things happen. Yeah. And I'm not a demon knitter, but, you know, I love mm-hmm. the rhythmic nature of it. Mm-hmm. And... One of the friends I made in the group said, "Hey, this Ingebrigtsen's what a what a store, but it's right. it's a famous store here. Okay. Is having a little drop spindle class. You want to go? We could learn mm-hmm. how to make this yarn. Oh, so okay. So we went together. Yeah, and I was the stupidest person in the room. Carla, <laughs> now Carla had to had to retranslate everything for me. Going, what? She said, no, like it's that. like this, and I was hooked mm-hmm. on, on on that aspect. I became." Um, a hobby spinner. You have to be okay. careful with your hobbies, though. Because <laughs> it kind of took over. Okay. Yeah, you know, spinning is um, lovely materiality. It's mm-hmm. very sensual, very much like clay is, okay. truthfully, and mm-hmm. very much like handmade paper is. There's um, there's rhythm, there's tactile, and, and there's scents and things, too, and all these things. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's lovely. And I would spin, like if I was having a hard day in the gallery... Yeah. I would just go spin for a minute, you know. Somebody okay. pisses me off, go spin for a minute. Right, yeah. right. A little, it, little bit of meditative for you. Yeah, it's very yeah. soothing. Yeah. And as a consequence of that, I became involved um, with the Weavers Guild here and the Textile Center. 
Okay. Um, both of which are very old organizations here and both approaching national status. And I started learning some of the other things like dyeing and I learned mm-hmm. some weaving mm-hmm. and weaving didn't really take, but yeah. um, it's a little too controlled for me. <laughs> for, gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. And so this was all in the background. And because I was born in the 1950s, I certainly was taught to embroider because all little mm-hmm. girls were taught to embroider. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of move on with this in the background and I'm still making books and producing installations and producing shows Mm -hmm. for other people. And I went to the state fair. Okay. And the Minnesota state fair is within the city limits. I believe it's all within the city limits of Minneapolis. It's a permanent fairgrounds. It's huge. Mm -hmm. It's like the size of a small city. Okay. Like a hundred thousand people come every day. Ooh, okay. <laughs> and, and, and I might be exaggerating some, but not by that much. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people. Like you, you go down the streets going, yeah, okay, don't hit me with your hot dog. You know, right. it's like, like, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you kind of become more of a Minnesotan by going to this fair. Mm-hmm. And so I've been a few times. And one year when I went, I decided to go to a building I've never been to, the demonstration building. Okay. Where manufacturers show off their new things, mm-hmm. the Ginzu knives, the vacuum food mm. storage systems, you know, that's what you expect to see. Yeah. You know, and I rounded a corner to a sea of sewing machines hmm. and a certain number of them were embroidery machines that okay. were running with nobody nearby. They were just stitching out things. And this one was stitching out a Donald Duck. Okay. Now, I stood absolutely transfixed, (laughs) not by Donald Duck and not by the fact that it was hands-free, although that was pretty cool, Mm -hmm. but it sounded, the sound was really nice, truthfully. It's a lovely rhythmic sound. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. And the blue of his shirt was the most magnificent blue I had ever seen in my life. Wow. And I knew it was an epiphany. I knew yeah. right then and there I was taking a left turn in midstream. I had to have one of those machines and yeah. I had to learn not only how to use it, but how to create for it because I had to have that blue. Yeah. That was all I knew. Oh. And so I sought out um, grants, didn't get mm-hmm. it for the machine. Mm-hmm. So I did a three years, same as cash loan. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. didn't have to pay interest because they all offer things like this because the machines are not cheap. Yeah. And um, I did get a grant for the software. Okay. And there was a new piece of software for Macintosh because I'm at heart a Macintosh girl. I'm an mm-hmm. Apple girl. Yeah. And I got the software and it was horrendous. Oh, no. <laughs> it made my Mac crash. Macs don't crash. Right. It made my Mac crash. Oh, wow. Over and over, and over again. Yeah. Uh. So there were some major glitches and I had a grant to fulfill and Mm -hmm. I had no idea what I was doing Mm -hmm. and getting the training on the structure of embroidery and how to build it was Mm -hmm. really hard. I got some and I fulfilled my grant. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) And I think the day after I fulfilled my grant, I bought a small PC Uh and I bought the PC software and Mm -hmm. taught myself that. And then little by little, um, one or two good trainers started coming up through the ranks. And I highly recommend John Deere. He's Mm -hmm. a great trainer. And I took off from there. And in about a year, I was really flying. I took my small Mm -hmm. machine up north. Yeah. I go to a cottage every year for about two weeks. And I I use it as a residency for myself Mm -hmm. because I've always been a single parent or a single parent of a dog. Mm -hmm. You know, and you can't take kids and dogs with you. To residencies so I've made my own oh, and, okay. yeah and I went with one year with the idea of working with these threads in gradients you know what what can I do with mm-hmm. color mm-hmm. and what can I do if the background color is showing through mm-hmm. and in the process of doing that not only did I finally get the drift of how these threads work because they're Mm -hmm. really remarkable. But I also entered into the three dimensions in a way 
really quickly because I started making little boxes. Uh And when you would turn them inside out, sometimes they'd be sitting there in little knots of of fabric before they Uh turned into a box. And I looked at that and I went, oh, that is so cool. Mm, And so I stopped turning them all the way out. But what I noticed was that these gradients gave off way more color Mm -hmm. than the two threads and the one background color that I had there. And so I did more study and it turns out that the polyester threads that I use have a basically a triangular cross section, mm-hmm. which means that all the, all the waves of light, because yes. color is light and it has to do with the angle of the mm-hmm. light. Mm-hmm. It's bouncing off in all different directions because it's a triangle. Okay. So it might be a gold thread, Right. And it is still gold. What's bouncing is gold, but it's going this gold, this gold, gold this that gold, gold. Right. That gold. And then you combine that with whatever the other color is you're using. And in response to the background, mm-hmm. you, when you fold it or mm-hmm. you roggle it, you get the most complex color you've ever seen in your life. Right. Took it all out on the rocky beach of Lake Superior, took pictures uh-huh. of it, and went, oh, yeah. <laughs> now I get it. Yeah. Now I get it. And then I started really designing in three dimensions. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Okay. Using actually a lot of the stuff I learned as a book artist. So the origami type folds, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, accordion folds. You know, what mm-hmm. happens when you fold these things? What happens if like a piece of paper, you wad it up? How yeah. can you wad it up and make it a permanent wad? You yeah. know, I mean, all these things the from yeah. my background as a sculptor, a book artist, mm-hmm. a performer, a, an installation artist, mm-hmm. all came to bear. Right. It all informed this. It all informed it. It's yeah. like everything that you experience, think, and do is mm-hmm. part of your work as an artist. Absolutely. And when they say that art is a reflection of life. Yeah, and it is. Yeah. It comes from, it comes from inside of you, and some of us mm-hmm. just simply are oriented in this way, and are and know we are. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all mm-hmm. are creative, and we're creative in different ways. Yes, um, you know, I think it's a God-given call to all of us. You know, it's same. <laughs> if God created the world and us, and continues to create, well, then. So do we. So do, exactly. We're here to create. I fully believe that. We, we, in whatever way it is, whatever yeah. way it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And some of us are highly visually oriented and mm-hmm. materially oriented. Mm-hmm. And that sure is me. Yeah. Um, for other people, it might be how they set the table, how they bake the cake. And, yeah. You know, yeah. how they sing a song, how they interact with people. Mm-hmm. All of that you know, is creativity. It takes yes. so many forms. So. Yes, it does. It really, yeah. really does. And so my question to you, with all of these pivots and turns, you said you made a hard left turn when you saw that embroidery oh, machine. My word, I never expected that one to come. Right. And you, Because it, listen, sometimes it comes out of nowhere and you're like, wait, what? So my <laughs> question to you, though, is with these pivots, whether voluntary or involuntary, how did you in essence, work through either a little bit of self-doubt or questioning or going, yeah, I I want to, but wait, should I? Or even just the fear of like, okay, I started down this road, but did I take the right one? You know, what's interesting about me, I mean, do I have doubt? Of course. Of course I do, but it doesn't overwhelm me. Okay. okay. I get so excited about the newness Oh, about yeah. the learning new knowledge. Ooh, yes. Okay. Yeah, I am emphatically a lifelong learner. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, in the patois. Um, I, I, it's just really what drives me in the arts is, mm-hmm. is figuring things out, learning new things, putting new things together, mm-hmm. looking at things in a different way, solving problems. That excites me. And and do I sometimes wonder what the hell am I doing? Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. And and like every artist, um, do I make a lot of trash? Of mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. It's how you learn. Yeah. 
It's how you learn. And because I think like a sculptor and part engineer in a way, because that's not in my personal education, but I was surrounded by engineers growing up. Yeah. Um, the, all of this informs what I do. And I lost my thread there a little bit, but um, I just don't worry about it a lot. Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and it's not even really, it's not exactly self-confidence. It's more, mm-hmm. it's more along the lines of nobody's going to die if I make a bad piece of art. Fair. Yes. Yes. And I kind of got this from another parent. Our children were in Kumon math. And Mm -hmm. there's no child on the face of the earth who likes Kumon math. It's very repetitious. But if you got a kid who wants to go into the sciences or anything, or is just simply having troubles with their math facts and how to Mm -hmm. make numbers work, Mm -hmm. it's a great system. And so the parents come and pick up their kids and you get to know the parents. And Mm -hmm. this one of them said to me, well, here's what I told my kid who was complaining. She Mm -hmm. said, okay, when you grow up, if you want to build a bridge, you know, you start on both sides of either side of the river Mm -hmm. and they meet in the middle. Mm -hmm. If the math isn't right, they don't meet. Mm. And you've got a problem. And I thought, yeah, "Yeah, people are going to die. And then I thought about my work and I thought, hey, nobody's going to die if I screw up. Right, right. <laughs> you know, I think what we do is really, really important, mm-hmm. but nobody's going to die if we screw up. It's right. just stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And and so one of the keys to getting through that kind of self-doubt is, is one of the ones that does stop us all, and it stops me too. Let's say it's a $10 piece of paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really hard to make that first mark. Yeah, because you're like, so, mm-hmm. what if I wreck this $10 piece, piece of paper? Of pa- uh-huh, uh-huh, yes. But what if you have two $10 pieces of paper? Hmm. So try to get two of them if you can afford it, and then you can afford to really screw up the first one. Yeah. And then you can say, oh, that's right, it's just paper. Ah, uh, yeah. So, so yeah. I guess what I'm saying is I'm less outcome oriented Mm. that I am process oriented. Now I happen to complete a lot of work. Yes. But I will tell you that there's a lot of time between inception and completion on a lot Uh. of them because they're screwing up all over the place Mm -hmm. and I have to put Mm -hmm. them away to go Mm -hmm. marinate. Yes. Get them out of sight. Yep, and then bring them out again in a month or so, and then I'll go. Ah, I yeah. know what to do. Right. Yeah. I'll take or the time away. Photo. Mm-hmm. I'll take a photo of it because mm-hmm. maybe you've got you've gotten, you know, hours and hours and hours into a piece, and you go, "Oh my gosh, I think I have to cut it up." Yeah. Or and that's terrifying. Yeah. You know, you got maybe even hundreds of hours in this piece. You go, "How do I cut this up?" Uh-huh. I take a photograph of it, I put it in Photoshop, and I start trying things okay. before I make that radical change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank God. You know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that that can lower the temperature a little bit when you're like, oh, let me just put it in Photoshop first. Yes. Well, the other <laughs> thing that photos tell you, too, because um, whether you're working in three dimensions or two, composition counts. Mm-hmm. And you'll know that there's something wrong, but maybe you can't quite nail it. Yeah. And sometimes just by taking a photograph, because photographs always flatten things out a yeah. little bit, mm-hmm. you can see uh, where the problem is. Mm-hmm. So it's just another one of those tools to help you kind of get to where you think you're going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, right, that. To get to where you think you're going. Right, right, right. 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 Yes. <laughs> yeah, and so I guess, you know, I advise the the people I mentor to hold it lightly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't matter if you screw up. Perfection, hey, that's great. But yeah. it's, it's, it's a journey. It's not a destination. Yeah. If, if you hold on for only perfection, you're going to have dead art. I'm sorry. Mm. Yeah. You just are. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I wasn't put on this earth to look like everything I made was made by a machine. Right. Right. Because you know? it wasn't. In, yeah. I would have worked in industry if that was what I wanted. 
Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's not what I want. I want the mark of the hand. Yeah. But obviously I use high tech also. Mm -hmm. Um, But I like that combination. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Oh, I'm, I mean, I'm still sitting here marinating on the fact that you're like, I'm not outcome oriented. I'm process. And I think we as artists are trying, you know, no matter your medium, it's like, how do we get to more of that? Like, how do we get to more of, let me, let me enjoy the process. Yes. And not necessarily outcome. Cause there will be an outcome or there may be, may not be, you may there never may finish be. a project. <laughs> yeah. It may be collage material, right? Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> actually, Absolutely. I've used off cuts as collage material. Okay. Yes. And, you know, I'll take some of the off cuts because there's lots of waste in what I do. Yeah. And I always make sure that I um, recycle as much as I can. Like, yeah, I donate to teacher organizations and things like that so that yeah. the materials can get used. But if it's got stitching on it, I keep it. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, and, and I, I put it in color coded boxes and I go, this would do with some blue. Let's go mm-hmm. see what's in the blue box. You know, mm, yeah, and work into paper-based things yeah. with some of the materials. So yeah, you're making collage material. There you go. Yeah, you're like, oh, perfect. I have collage material. Yes. Yeah. So okay, I have two uh, more questions for you. One is related to your pivots and artwork and journey, and one is not. So here's here's my first one. Uh, what would be your word of wisdom or word of advice uh, to other artists, honestly, other humans? who want to pivot, who want to make a change either, you know, in their career, their artwork, how they're viewing things, because, you know, Susan, you, you've been at this for over 50 years. And so it's like, yeah, I know you're still learning because you, oh, yeah. you're like, I'm always learning, but I'm sure there's some nuggets you've picked up along the way. So what would be like your word of advice? The biggest one is just trust your gut. Okay. It really is. Yeah. And show up. Always show yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. Find yeah. ways to show up in that, whatever constitutes your studio environment, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. whether it's the, you know, typing on the computer to get that poem out or what, yeah. show up. Ooh, yes. Just show up. Show I've actually up. had um, pastors contact me mm-hmm. that I just happened to know to say, how on earth do you make so much stuff? I, and I would say, Jamie, I show up just like yeah. you do right in your sermons. Yeah. You, you got to show up. Ooh. And and it might be that today's the day you write the the grocery list, but you showed up and you did it in the designated location. There it is. There it and is. And also take yourself seriously. Yeah. What you do is valuable. Yeah. It's valuable to you and mm-hmm. you deserve it. And it's valuable to the world. Mm-hmm. And we happen to live in a culture that doesn't necessarily think it's valuable. Uh-huh. They've kind of lost contact with the fact that as soon as people could mark something they Mm -hmm. marked something you know maybe even before language you know yeah um we discovered fire somehow and we kept it going Going. and Mm -hmm. you know you got to stir the fire to keep it going and you go wow this is a really good stick for stirring the fiber fire i'm gonna market so i remember this is a good stick or that it's my stick or that it's the magic stick or it's the yeah. stick that you don't touch whatever mm-hmm. but we have marked things yeah we have marked things and sometimes it's just like wow i like how that mark looks yeah it's important stuff it's built into us and it's not everything has to have a dollar sign on it thank you yes there are different values <laughs> mhm and while art is a commodity of sorts, it doesn't behave like toilet paper. Nope. It just doesn't. Mm-mm. So Mm-mm. Yeah. those are my words, current words of wisdom. <laughs> yeah, that was, those were Susan's current words of wisdom. I will take them. I will take them. Show up. Show up, y'all. Trust your gut. What yeah. you do is of value and it's of importance. Yep. I, will, I will take those current words of wisdom. Yep. Um, and so my next question comes from the fun facts that you sent me. Oh. So <laughs> I am an avid traveler. Like, yeah. I love to travel. And a little birdie told me, really the Google form she filled out, y'all. But the little birdie told me 
that you lived in Taiwan for a year. Yep. And I just, just give me a briefly, like a little, how was that experience? Like, I'm just, I'm so about that. <laughs> oh, it, you know what? It was so rich and hard and all of that. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. in seventh grade okay. in Taiwan. My father was a professor at Cornell University and, mm-hmm. and he got maybe his second sabbatical yeah. and he somehow got hooked up with a UN program to bring engineers over to Taiwan. Okay. So three engineers from three different universities were brought over mm-hmm. and our and their families. Yeah. And um, I wound up going to a little tiny convent school with all uh-huh. of the Air Force kids. Okay. My sister went to the um, the American school in the capital city. She mm-hmm. rode up there every day. Basically all the army kids. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and my brother was in a boarding school that was mainly for missionary kids. Wow, and that's where he had his first love. And he, he and I actually were talking about it the other day. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he fell in love for the first time. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I was with all these kids, kids who'd been everywhere and done everything, and they were very mean. Oh, but no. the but oh no, there was one nun who took me under her wing. Yeah, she said. You could go to the piano practice rooms. And so I did at lunchtime. So I didn't have to deal with people, you know, bullying me. It's the only place in my life I was bullied. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, what an astounding experience. Yeah. It was astounding. It was a visual um, smorgasbord. Mm -hmm. And also, obviously, taste smorgasbord. And... We got to see mountains and different kinds of greens, different costumes, different ways of life. And everything about like the ceramics mm-hmm. and the composition mm-hmm. stayed with me. And it undergirds um, my sense of composition to this okay. day. Yeah. There's a certain um, asymmetry to a lot of what I do. And it mm-hmm. definitely relates to those experiences there. Okay. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Oh, it was amazing. And then uh, my parents took the tickets from Mm -hmm. the UN. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the only time in my life I flew first class was when they flew us over there. Yeah. And and they converted them to coach. And I'm sure they had to hit had to hit savings, but we were not rolling in the dough. Mm -hmm. Professors were not paid very well back then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, paying the bills. Yeah. Paying the bills night was always tense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <In our house>. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, but but they managed to pull it together, and we came back around the world in the other direction, hitting okay. hitting the capitals. Okay. So we started out in Hong Kong, and and then went to New Delhi. No, we mm-hmm. went to Bangkok, New Delhi, Cairo. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a couple cities in Germany because they had some friends in Germany. Yeah, um, Rome. Paris, London, and then home. Oh, wow. Yeah. I walked on the Parthenon, y'all, before they closed it off. I literally walked on it. And as, uh, I think I turned 13 in India. Yeah. Yeah. And so as a 13-year-old standing on the Parthenon, I'd already had um, Greek mythology as part of my education. Mm -hmm. And I'm standing there realizing real human beings built this thousands of years ago yeah and it is so sophisticated and it is so deep yes and i felt that way um at the pyramids also Mm -hmm. you know that that deep sense of human history yeah at just at 13 while i was still you know fantasizing about cute movie stars and things (laughs) yes 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 you know. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> you still were 13, but you also had the moments of like, wow, like humans built this and it's beautiful and it's gorgeous and it's still standing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that was, yeah, profound. Yeah. Profound. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. Susan, thank you so much for sharing. Like, oh, you bet. Thank you so much for sharing. So before I let you go, um, where can everybody find you out here on the interwebs? Well, there are two really key places. Mm-hmm. 
Um, my website is susanhenselprojects.com, and that's for mm-hmm. my personal artwork. And from there, actually, you can get to a lot of places because okay. I also have susanhenselgallery.com mm-hmm. because I still represent people and I show them on the Artsy platform, mm-hmm. artsy.net. But also follow me on Instagram because that's mm-hmm. kind of where you'll see not only the advertisements for here's what's coming up, but also you'll see the works in process. Yeah. So, and because I didn't know anything about Instagram when I chose my name on Instagram, uh-huh. um, it's a long one. It's Susan underscore Hensel underscore uh-huh. multimedia <laughs> underscore artist. Okay. You know, what are you going to do? <laughs> Listen, it's all good. I will put it in the show notes, everybody. That's why I always link it in the show notes so you can just easily click it. So all of Susan's information will be in the show notes so you can get in contact with her. And I must say to you that I acknowledge you, I celebrate you, and I uplift you. Thank you. You want to know what what I tend to say to people? Yes. Yes. I hope it's not backwards. Acknowledgement, Uh permission, and tools. Ooh. Ooh. So, yeah, that. that's one of my mantras. Yes. So when I'm working with people, I acknowledge, mm-hmm. I give you permission to Ooh. be who you are, mm-hmm. and I will assist you in discovering what tools you need. Ooh, yes. So, yeah. Yes, that's beautiful. Thank you for that. Oh, you bet. Yes. And thank you. That was lovely. Of course, of course. Thank you for joining me. Oh, you're back. (laughs) I hope you have been informed and inspired by this week's episode. Make sure to hit the subscribe button to be notified when new episodes are out. To stay up to date and in the know about merchandise, exclusive content, and how to support the show, please subscribe to the newsletter at ayanabay.com slash podcast. That's A-Y-A-N-A-B-E-Y dot com slash podcast. And there's a link in the show notes. This show's executive producer is Ayana Major Bay and editor is Kieran Niemand. Thank you for tuning in and I'll speak to you soon. <laughs>